Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here. The Raiders have made a few signings this week, and the schedule came out. And of course, we have our Friday mailbag segment to get to, too. And as always, if you'd like to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, AdamHolder95, or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com, AdamHolder95, and sppquestions1 at gmail.com. We've got a lot to cover today, so how about a quick intro and let's get into it. The NFL finally released its schedule on Thursday, so now we can start booking our flights and hotels and what have you to Vegas. So, without further ado, here's your 2022 Raiders regular season schedule. Week 1 will get things off with a divisional matchup at the Los Angeles Chargers. Then the Raiders will have their home opener Week 2 against the Arizona Cardinals. Week 3 is at the Tennessee Titans. Week 4 versus the Denver Broncos. Week 5 is a Monday night football matchup in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Then week 6 is a bye. Week 7 versus the Houston Texans. Week 8 at the New Orleans Saints, where former Raiders head coach Dennis Allen is in his first season in charge. Week 9 at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 10 versus the Indianapolis Colts. Week 11 at the Denver Broncos, which could be another pivotal AFC West matchup. And coincidentally, they'll go to play Seattle the week after that. Week 13 versus the Chargers. Then a Thursday night football matchup with the Los Angeles Rams for Week 14 followed up by the mentor versus protege matchup against the New England Patriots. Week 16 brings a date in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, 50 years and one day after the Immaculate Reception. Week 17 will be the first battle of the Bay outside of the Bay against the San Francisco 49ers, and the Raiders will wrap up with the Chiefs in Week 18. That brings the Raiders to four primetime matchups this year with the possibility of flexing that last game of the season against the Chiefs into primetime as the exact date and time for that contest have yet to be announced. The schedule wasn't the only piece of big news to come out of Las Vegas on Thursday as the Raiders traded with one of their 2022 opponents and one they know well, the New England Patriots. Las Vegas sent New England a 6th round pick for quarterback Jared Siddham and a 7th rounder in return. In a corresponding move, Garrett Gilbert, who was signed just a couple of months ago, has been released. Stidham is from Stephenville, Texas, and was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, and he started his college career at Baylor, but after serving as a backup and in the wake of a massive sexual abuse scandal at the program, Stidham opted to transfer and eventually made his way to Auburn, where he led his team to an SEC championship game appearance and finished his college career with over 7,200 passing yards and nearly 50 passing touchdowns to go along with nine rushing scores. In 2019, Siddham was a fourth-round pick by the New England Patriots, where he was once considered as a potential heir apparent to Tom Brady and gained experience playing in Josh McDaniels' system. The former Patriot now expects to compete with Nick Mullins for the backup job and might have the leg up given his familiarity with the team's new head coach. Stidham wasn't the only veteran to head to the desert this week as the team signed wide receiver Keelan Cole on Wednesday. Cole is originally from Louisville, Kentucky and played his college ball at Division II Kentucky Wesleyan. As I'm sure you could imagine, he put up some massive numbers at Wesleyan, catching 205 total passes for 4,303 yards and 53 touchdowns in three seasons. 
He was an undrafted free agent in the 2017 class and signed with the Jaguars, where he played for four seasons before signing with the New York Jets last offseason. Cole has 187 catches for 2,691 yards and 13 touchdowns in his NFL career and should compete for a spot in and add some depth to Las Vegas' receiving corps. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the Raiders were busy wheeling and dealing this week and also signed veteran linebacker Kenny Young. Young grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, was a four-star recruit but opted to head west and play at UCLA for college. As a Bruin, he tallied 193 total tackles, 22 for loss, and six and a half sacks, while earning first-team all-conference honors as a, as a senior, and was a teammate of linebacker Jayon Brown, who also signed with the Raiders this offseason. Young was drafted in the fourth round of the 2018 draft by the Baltimore Ravens and played there for a year and a half before getting traded to the Los Angeles Rams. In 2021, he was dealt again, this time to the Denver Broncos, and now he makes his way to the silver and black with 184 career tackles and 5.5 sacks, and he'll compete for a roster spot as a linebacker and a special teamer. On a related note, a couple of former Raiders have signed elsewhere this week. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski actually met with the new regime earlier this week, but ended up signing with the Atlanta Falcons, and boy am I glad not to have to say Kwiatkowski on the podcast anymore. Unfortunately, the Raiders did suffer one major loss this week. The Nathan Peterman era is officially over with the silver and black as Peterman has inked a new contract with the Chicago Bears. As many of you may or may not know, this is a tough moment for me as I am the biggest Nate Pete fan out there, but I'll be okay. I'm going to make it through it, guys. Back to people joining the silver and black, the Raiders are plucking another branch off the Patriots tree by hiring Brandon Yergin as their new college scouting director, which was previously held by Jim Abrams. Yergin spent two years with the University of North Carolina in recruiting and on the offensive coaching staff before heading to New England where he spent nine seasons and eventually became a national scout. The former Patriot now joins a staff that has plenty of familiar faces as he gears up for next year's draft. More signings, the Raiders announced on Thursday that they signed four out of their six 2022 NFL draft picks. The details of any of the contracts have yet to be released, but the rookies that have signed are as follows. Third round pick Dylan Parnum, offensive lineman out of Memphis. Fifth rounder, Tennessee defensive tackle Matthew Butler. Thayer Munford, seventh round pick and former Ohio State offensive lineman. And finally, retained round running back UCLA and another seventh round selection. That leaves just fourth-round picks Samir White and Neil Farrell Jr. as the only picks yet to sign. Every year, the Pro Football Writers Association hands out the George Hallis Award to an NFL player, coach, or staff member who overcomes the most adversity to succeed. This year's winner was Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera, but Raiders defensive end Max Crosby received a nomination. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, Philadelphia Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson, and Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott were the other three nominees. Alright, one more piece of news before we move on to questions. Last week, I mentioned the interesting resigning of Jeremy Aguero, the Raiders' former COO, who had only held the position for seven months, and the following day, the team announced that Dan Ventrelli was no longer the Raiders' president President, excuse me, after he served as the interim president when Mark McDane was let go over the last summer. Ventrelli had received the full-time job at the end of the season, making the situation even more odd. He later came out and said that he was fired by Mark Davis for being a whistleblower and has retained legal counsel. I'll read you Ventrelli's full statement and please bear with me here. Today, Mark Davis terminated my employment as president of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
I've committed almost 18 years of my life to the success of the Raiders as general counsel and president. I take that responsibility very seriously, which is why multiple written complaints from employees that Mark created a hostile work environment and engaged in other potential misconduct caused me grave concern. When Mark was confronted about these issues, he was dismissive and did not demonstrate the warranted level of concern. Given this, I informed the NFL of the issues in Mark's of and of Mark's unacceptable response. Excuse me. Soon thereafter, I was fired in retaliation for raising these concerns. I firmly stand by my decision to elevate these issues to protect the organization and its female employees. I remain committed to doing everything in my power to support the Raiders and Las Vegas community I now call home. I have retained legal counsel and will have no further comment at this time. The NFL has acknowledged that they're aware of the allegations and will investigate, but other than that, that's really all the updates that I have for you guys right now, and as always, I'll let you know when I find out more. On a lighter note, it's mailbag time. Reminder, to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, how devastated are we that the Peter Man has moved on? Talked about this a little bit already, but absolutely crushed. This is just terrible news. I don't know how we recover. Obviously, for those of you guys that don't know, I uh, used to host another podcast where I put my foot in my mouth uh, when Peterman was originally on the team, said that he wouldn't make the team, and if he did, I would buy his jersey. Um, Ever since then, or excuse me, I should explain a little bit, he ended up making the team, and then the next day getting put on IR and didn't take a snap the entire year. Thanks, John Gruden. So uh, I ended up having to buy a Peterman jersey, kind of evolved into the uh, the Twitter personality that you see now, or me being the ba- basically the biggest Nathan Peterman fan out there. So, of course, I'm devastated. It's a, a career that's over too soon, or I shouldn't say a career that's over too soon, a tenure that's over too soon. We still have a chance to, to beat out Justin Fields out in Chicago and make our mark over there. And by we, I am speaking about me and Nathan Peterman because it is personal between the two of us now. But, yes, it is, it is a devastating day. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to have... Uh, I have to change my Twitter profile picture, which is going to be a, a real gut-wrenching moment. I'll uh, I'll have a special ceremony sometime uh, sometime over the summer, and uh, we'll uh, have a changing of the guard there. But it is a a sad sad day in Las Vegas today. Next up, people have been cautiously talking about potential Super Bowl run. Do you think the Raiders are contenders? Honestly, I do. I think they. I think last year they obviously proved a lot of people wrong in making the playoffs, and I think that's going to go a long way. I think that goes a long way for their confidence and their chemistry of this team, and overall just their mindset going into it. And I think they have gotten better, and I think they have improved. I think adding Devontae Adams makes their receiving core 100 times better than what it was last year, and that was really, to me, to me that was always the bigger issue um, with the Raiders' offense, especially after Henry Ruggs and that whole tragedy, uh, than missing the offensive line. So I think that can definitely hold them back, being the offensive line. But I really do think their offense is poised for poised for a big year with the with the new system. Obviously, with Devontae in there, which I think is going to help a lot a lot of stuff out for Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro this year. So I like what they can do offensively, and then defensively. I mean, I, I obviously I'm pretty worried about the secondary. I've kind of talked about that a lot on this show. So that would kind of be their undoing, I think, defensively. But again. I think they're going to have a great pass rush that's going to help that secondary out. I think they have a great uh, mastermind in Patrick Graham. So I do think they can be a Super Bowl contender. I think they need to be getting more love than they are right now in a lot of the gambling lines. 
The one thing or the other thing that I will say that does kind of give me some hesitation is the schedule, is the fact that they have to play with three other potentially uh, three other teams that are going to make the playoffs in the Broncos, Chargers and Chiefs. Um, It is going to be a tough division. And obviously the AFC as a whole is pretty tough. But I honestly think the Raiders are right up there. I do think they are a Super Bowl contender um, for this year. It's just a matter of if they can uh, overcome that offensive line and the secondary issues. But yeah, I think they can make it. But Again, going to be tough sleddings, but I, th- I think it is warranted. Number three, will Gerald McCoy be back on the Raiders' defensive line, or will he be gone? I think I actually got this question a little bit uh, a couple weeks back, so good to never always rehash it. But, I mean, yeah, I think he's going to be gone. Um, to be honest with you, I love Gerald McCoy. I think he's been one of the better defensive linemen, especially defensive tackles in the last 10 years, um, to come out and play. But he's also going to be, I believe he's in – Coming up on his mid-30s, if he's not in his mid-30s, coming off two major leg injuries, and I believe he's still unsigned right now. I think he is still unsigned. Imagine that's why you're asking this. Um, so, yeah, he still is unsigned. So I would think his career is probably coming pretty close to an L over if it's not officially over already. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, coming up in the, over the summer we get a Gerald McCoy retirement announcement. Again, like the guy a lot. I just don't think he has anything left in the tank. Being that old, coming off two pretty major injuries, um, I think it's just going to be too much to overcome. So unfortunately, as a, as much as I like Joe McCoy, as much as I love seeing him in the silver and black and uh, playing all these years, I think I think Joe McCoy's NFL days are unfortunately over as a whole, let alone playing for the Raiders. Question four, can the Raiders afford Daryl Williams or another veteran right tackle with other possible adi- uh, other possible needed acquisitions, and do they make this move? Don't know why that tongue tied me so much. But can the Raiders afford Daryl Williams or another veteran right tackle and still add other po- uh, positions that they might need? And do they make the move? Um, they could definitely afford it. I was looking at the uh, cap space right now. I'm not 100% sure if this factors in some of the new um, new contracts that they've signed this week. But they have about $5 million in cap space. Daryl Williams, I think, made just under $4 million last year uh, with the Bills. So I'd imagine he'd probably get something similar to that. So I think they can definitely afford that, especially when you factor in that they're going to get about $20 million or something like that or some a good chunk of change back in cap space on uh, June 2nd once Littleton and I believe is it Carl Nassib's contracts come off the books. So they can definitely afford it. Is it a move they end up making? Uh, again, I think it's definitely on the table. I think this last week's proved anything that the Raiders are not done adding to the roster, still signing a handful of guys and a handful of notable guys in Keelan Cole and, and Kenny Young. So I think they can definitely make a move. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Uh, to be honest with you, I am a little shocked that Williams is still available at this point or any sort of quality veteran right tackle is available at this point. And I would, I am even more surprised that the Raiders haven't made a move. So maybe they are going to stick with Brandon Parker but yeah, I, I definitely think they, they should make that move. I would make the move for any of the guys that are available right now just to at least get them into camp and see what they can do. Um, and they can definitely afford it. So it's just a matter of if they uh, end up pulling the trigger, which they haven't, we haven't seen them do just yet. So, All right, last question here, and it's similar to the previous one. Do the Raiders need to bring in a veteran safety? If so, who would you like for them to get? So... The guy that I would have uh, my eye on or the guy that I would like them to get if they do end up bringing someone in that's still available would be, would be Jaquiski Tart. Um, the problem is, other than that, I'm not. there's not a whole lot of guys that are still available that I really kind of uh, have or strike my fancy, if you will, that as someone who 
I'm really going to break my back over to get for them to get. Tyron Matthew is kind of the guy that I was hoping they would end up landing. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. Um, and I don't think they really need a veteran safety. They did bring in Deron Harmon, who can play the play the deep safety role and has experience playing in the box too, that I think can can fill that role that you're talking about right there, that kind of be that leader on that defense. And um, you know, play some uh, play some high coverages and play some uh, and take some of the pressure off Trevon Mary, which I've been talking about a lot this offseason. I kind of thought they would draft a safety because, again, I, I agree with you that the safety spot is a little bit weaker. But I just don't know if the solution's out there right now. Um, I think for for what they have right now, I think they're going to roll with the guys, and I think that's kind of the best they can do at this point. Again, maybe if they can get a guy like Tart in, maybe he can help um, add another piece to that 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 room for them. But it's kind of a it's slim pickets at this point, and I, I don't think the need is that pressing with Harmon back in the lineup. That'll do it for this week's show. As always, make sure you're following myself, AdamHolder95 on Twitter, and Silver and Black Pride. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Really appreciate all of your guys' support. Other than that, until next time, guys.